Hello and welcome to Racing Only Better. This is your Brucey bonus this week. This is your second Racing Only Better podcast coming your way because, of course, we have the Dublin Racing Festival to cover in detail. As always, I'm joined by Dan Barr. Tony Calvin and Kevin Blake and before we go any further I have to remind you of the bet 10 get 10 offer you can have I mean this is from now all the way until Cheltenham every Saturday but they're also putting it on Sunday have a 10 you get a free 10 pound bet when you bet 10 pounds worth of racing multiples so do get involved with that this Sunday that offer is extended to Sunday but T's and C's apply They are in the show's description and you must read them because you now have to opt in to take this offer. So bear that in mind. Bet 10, get 10, but you need to opt in. Without further ado, I'm not even doing intros this week. We've just got to plow on because we're on a tight time schedule. Some of us are traveling to Ireland. So we're going to kick off with Leopardstown and we're going to kick off with the Labrooks Novices Chase, the grade one at Leopardstown on the first day. And I think we can start with... Dan, seeing as you've been missing in action, you can kick off proceedings here for this race, please. Yeah, what a mad, mad lineup. <laughs> Five horses trained by one stable and the 11 to 10 favourite trained by the other. I mean, maybe there'll be some team tactics involved. I'm a massive Mighty Potter fan. I think he's achieved the most of these and he's already got a verdict over Gerard de Manil. Of the Mullins contingent, I like James de Burley. Big absence, but that's stopped very few Mullins horses down the years. And he did achieve a lot in a little time with Mullins over hurdles. But if you could compile a profile of a race, which I'd less likely to have a bet in, um, you'd do well because this is this is so unappealing from that perspective. Okay. Damp, damp squid start. Damp squid, yeah. Uh, James Burley is 11 to 10, third best in the market behind Gaylord de Manil at 5 to 2 and Mighty Potter is 11 to 10. TC, over to you. Uh, like Dan, um, I, I was quite impressed by James de Burley last time, but, you know, the form hasn't really worked out. The second got well stuffed next time, and the third even got beaten off a mark of 122 at Dan Royal recently. So it's more style than substance, even though the time, you know, backed up the visuals about James de Burley. I know I, I I don't really have a betting opinion, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm just fascinated that they're going back to two mile five with Gaylord de Manil. I mean, the National Hunt supporters of that won't be very chuffed to see that. And do you remember, he did trade it two Johnny Running when beaten by Mighty Potter in the Drimmore over two mile four. So he's not short of pace, but yeah, no bet. No bet. Okay, over to you, Kevin. You're not abandoning Mighty Potter now. I can't have that. No, look, he's he's probably short enough, but look, it's, it's a super race. Um, like funny, I'll shape to it, like Dan says, but there's an awful lot of questions to be answered here. And look, I'd have great regard for Mighty Potter. Um, but how, how he jumps is going to be fascinating. How they ride him is going to be fascinating because really, like, I think he was a horse that looked like that he wanted to be let go, uh, allowed to get on with it last time. Like, they, they were very, very keen to restrain him, and like he was jumping really well, and like they kept reining him back. and you know, eventually jumps on and I, I just think they messed around with him a lot. And I don't know if they were trying to teach him or what, but the thing is, would they be brave enough to set out to make the running with, with him, knowing that there's five horses trained by Willie Mullins in that position and it wouldn't be a big deal for one of them to go and, and take him on and annoy him, you know? So tactically, 
really challenging for for Gordon and Davy, and, and how they go about it is going to be fascinating um, because they are up against a squad like five 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 one. <laughs> um, but he, he's a smashing horse. Like he did plenty wrong with his jumping. Like it was fundamentally good, but he just had a couple of little things. Like he he'd a, he'd a peck and he got low at one, um, but he ultimately won very well. It's a horse I love, and I'm hoping he'll find a way. Um, James de Burley, watch him early on. Like he, he was big and aggressive with his jumping early on. Um, so like he could be the one to make the running and be, be let go on. I, I don't think they want to apply the brakes too much with him. I think he'd be well able to come back and trip if they wanted to. Um, so look, Mikey Potter is the selection. It could be one of the most fascinating races of the weekend tactically, but I think he's good enough to find a way. And I just hope he's got a nice, clean, efficient round of jumping with a view to the future. Um, so it might not be without um, its anxious moments, but um, Mighty Potter to get the job done. Mighty Potter to get the job done. Yes, I'm with you on that. Let's move on to the Dublin Chase over the two miles and just the one furlong. And this is Blue Lords for the taking, really. He's the one to four favourite as things stand with two days to go. Gentleman to me from the same yard, 13 to two. Let's go Royale in there for Alan King, a rare one. Is it one of three UK Visitors at 10 to 1. Uh, Dan Vegan in there at 14s. Bigger price is the remainder. Um, Dan, I mean, this is really is just Blue Lords for the taking, surely. Yeah, I think the only danger to him conceivably is also housed at Clisutton, and that's Gentleman Demi. If he could somehow recapture the entry form, which I still insist flattered him. I think Edward Stone was over the top for the season, but I suppose the potential tactical angle where he gets away from them and if Paul Townend has a moment of, you know, loses focus for a second, perhaps he could get away. But overall, I'm not a massive believer in Blue Lord, I've got to say. But it's hard to oppose him in this, given the thinness of the opposition. It is very thin. Yep, I think that's a fair comment. And would you concur those thoughts, TC? Yeah, I, I, I bet Blue Lord, no one I know, bet for the champion chase a while ago um, at five to one. So hopefully he wins this here. Uh, it wouldn't. Even if he wins this at fours on, he's not a gimme to go to the champion chase because you know what that model like. If something happens to Alaho, they might even go to the Ryanair. Well, I don't think two mile fast his trip, but now he'll find it hard to get beat here. Uh, obviously, the only betting in, angle into the race is betting without. Um, I think Dunvegan might win the battle up front from Gentleman to me, uh, and if so, he could be the one that Blue Lord has to peg back. With that in mind. I haven't seen any. I've only seen one set of prices for them without, and that's Dunvegan at fours. That interests me a bit. Maybe looking for a bit bigger, but maybe Dunvegan without. Uh, but no, it's not not a massive betting race, obviously, for for the reasons outlined by Dan. Okay, and Kev, you have a different way of playing it. Uh, not really in the in the without market. So Royal is the one I'd be interested in. Um, fair play to them for going over uh, and having a goal. One of the few British challengers. And um, look, he's a, he's a very talented horse at a level, and I think he'll be ridden the right way for a bet yeah. in the without market. Um, I think they'll trick away out the back there and, and look to do some damage late on. And um, gentlemen, to me, only has one way really, and done vegan. They could get hooked up. Who knows? Um, and I just, I could see Soroy kind of following Blue Lord. And um, yeah, like he, I'd have him as the fav in the, in the without market. I assume he isn't at the minute, but I suspect he will be by the time we get there. He'd be, um, he'd be the one if, uh, if I had to have a player. Yeah, if I'm up making seven to four 
Uh, that'd be that'd be very reasonable. That that'd be that'd be attractive to me. I know. Look, we he's been he's been over Mac. We haven't seen him over fences for a while. But in fairness to him, like he's a good one sixty horse. And what what he's been doing over hurdles this year would suggest he still is there thereabouts a one sixty horse. And um, like the rest of these, are, are, they, are, they, are the rest of these one sixty horse on their best day? I don't know if they are. So uh, yeah, so right for me. Okay, case I'm well sold. made. I am sold. Sold, signed, sealed, delivered, and sold to Dan Barber. Where's me, where's me, where's me gavel? <laughs> on, we go, on we go to the two forces. It's a very competitive handicap chase, as you would expect for such prize money. Over 80k to the winner of this race, two miles, five furlongs, and Indigo Breeze is at the top of the market. 100 to 30 for Sam Ewing and Gordon Elliott. Mascada, the mayor in here for Rachel Blackmore, Henry de Bromhead, 11 to 2. Now, where or when JJ Slevin and the Crawford team, 7 to 1. Seal de Neige for Willie Mullins, 10 to 1. Uh, Dan, we will start. Oh, no, you were a non runner here. Uh, Tony, we will kick off with you here. Yeah, um, Sportsbook are currently offering four places. I'd imagine as we get nearer the off, they'll be offering. Uh, a lot more than that, given the competitive nature of the race. But even as it stands, uh, I've had one bet in the race. Uh, we're recording this at one o'clock on on Friday. I've had one bet so far, and that's Falco Blitz uh, each way at Fortis. Um, the the reason behind this, I mean, if he, it takes a bit of a leap of faith to get with him after four starts this season, but he has shown some promise in some of those, notably when he was still going well on the outside. Well, well enough on the outside when um, unseating three out in the um, in the in the Munster National uh, in October, um, and I don't think that's his trip. I think I think two mile five, two mile four is his trip. Um, he was a good horse when with um, when with Nicky Henderson. He's he's rated one hundred and thirty two now after his lackluster runs this season. But he was one hundred and forty three uh, with Henderson. Um, he was always fought better on decent ground. All the O's got a couple of good wins on soft ground, so the ground can probably do what he wants, or rather the watering can. But now I, I fought off a mark of 132 uh, with a seven pound claimer on um, in his in his ideal conditions on on his English form. Uh, I was very surprised when the the betting popped up at 40. So I backed for Falco Blitz at 40. Okay, big swing from TC in this. Kevin, take it apart, please. This handicap. <laughs> You know, do what I'm going to do. I'm going to tip the English horse. Oh, <laughs> here we top go. Bill, top Phil Ben. I assume he'll be a. I, I assume he'll be a huge price on the day. Um, but but I, I do think, and I know, look, he would probably be better off if this race was run in the UK because the Irish ones would, would get nipped up a few pounds. But I, I do think the British handicap chasers, the older ones, the way they're being treated now. Like they're well in against the Irish, and I, I, I'm admiring the punchiness of Phil Kirby to come over and have a go. Um, look, you have to forgive his his last run of Weatherby, um, but like Phil wouldn't be coming over for for fresh air and sun now. Um, he must be very happy with the horse, and um, that run has led to um, a, a four pound drop, and like he's he's just he's cascading down the weights. He gets to run off one thirty five here. Um, like he was a 164 horse a couple of years ago and look I know they drop for a reason but they don't drop at that speed in Ireland and if Phil can get him it has him back in, in decent order he'll outrun his price I think and uh, it would just be hilarious if, if the English go over and win a handicap at the top of the racing festival but they actually for all the, the perception issues like they actually have a decent record when the handicappers do come over for all that seems ill-advised and 
while he wouldn't necessarily have the profile you, you'd pick out in terms of obviously he's an 11 year old he just looks very well handicapped to me and um, I'm happy to take a chance he's a, he'll, be, he'll be a big price and at the very best to look to them 16 yeah. currently 16 I, I, I would expect him to be bigger than that to be honest so um, hold fire lads hold fire case made but you know 16 to 1 in the market with Betfair as things stand right now let's move on two miles the Irish champion hurdle the 310 Stateman taking on Honeysuckle Daniel back in the game for this Stateman is the 11 to 10 favourite over Honeysuckle looking to put her sort of well, get her record back on track ahead of a champion hurdle bid, a third champion hurdle bid. Vauban in there at 72, Pied Piper 50, Zanahir 66s, um, basically about the top three in the market and really the top two, Dan. Yeah, well, we haven't been conditioned to be very pro-Rachel necessarily, but must tip Blackmore in this after the recent news. And <laughs> I, I, am, I am going with Honeysuckle on the basis that I think people have been very quick and premature to write her off based on one run where it's a race where she's never run within 15 or 20 pounds of her best on time form ratings she ran into two strong stayers and i mean you can't really say to who's boosted the form but he hasn't let it down by winning that goal that galmo that he couldn't really lose admittedly um and i think she can make the most of the seven pounds she gets i really think talk of her decline have been rather exaggerated look Constitution Hill will kick her out of the way. I'm convinced of that at Cheltenham, but that doesn't mean she can't get the better of state. Man in receipt of seven. Love it. A bid, for, a, a, a vote for Honeysuckle at 13 to 8 TC. Come on, join join Dan on the Honeysuckle train. It wouldn't surprise me if she won, but, you know, she's hardly been, you know, underestimated and retired prematurely. She's priced up at 13 to 8, for God's sake. So, you know... It's yeah, she's a dual champion hurdle winner. He's not even favourite to beat a... An up and comer, right? She does have a little bit to prove after a slightly underperforming performance, but yeah, I'm I'm willing to believe <coughs> she can come back and win, but I wouldn't be willing to back at thirteen to eight. State man at eleven to ten. No, I mean if you're going to hear a lot uh, in the coming 24, 48 hours about how Vauban kind of like ran above expectations um, in the Matheson on his comeback, it's absolute garbage. I mean that horse was probably the strongest in the market, including the four to six favourite. Prior to that race, I mean, it was it was it was really strong in the market. So, you know, if anybody tells you, oh yeah, oh, they weren't expecting anything like that, well, somebody was, and money talks, and uh, so maybe won't come as much as as many people think. I've had a look at the race, um, and I waiting for the price, the revised prices to come up this morning, and I was waiting to see what price Zana here was. Um, I, I backed Zana here at 66 to 1, a quarter of the odds, 1 2 each way this morning. Um, obviously, he's got no chance of his form this season, but he's back to two miles and his body of work uh, in 2022, uh, second in this race, uh, third in the champion hurdle, still fighting out with Epitom and falling at the last entry, suggests, you know, he's not that big a price to finish second to whatever in here. And at 66 to 1, 1 2, quarter of the odds. Um, I back Zanna here. Wow. Okay. Another big price swing from TC, as we've come to expect on this show. Uh, Kev Blake, who wins the Irish champion hurdle? A little bit like a novice chase, Vanessa. Like I'm finding myself very engaged with how this race is going to pan out tactically. Like, where's the pace? What's going to make the running? I'm, I I really don't know. Like Pied Piper's made the running before and won, but would he want to do that? Like he always appealed as a speed horse. 
Um, Takarengo is going to be a million to one. He could make it, but you know he's there to pick around and pick up um, pick up some prize money. Will he want to be making the run? He certainly won't be going a good pace if he's doing it. What makes it honeysuckle? I don't think so. They like on a hair like, down in trip, possibly. But again, do they want to set it up for everyone else? Mm. Um, like honeysuckle and Stateman would probably both be delighted sitting second. But what's going to be in front? Um, how confident will they ride honeysuckle? Like when she is, is was absolutely booming. Like remember this race two years ago. Like Rachel's going for home after three out essentially. Like she's so much belief in her. And will where consciously or subconsciously, will she have that sort of belief in her now after she's been beaten? You know, I wouldn't expect her to ride her like that. I'd expect her to be holding on a little quite a bit longer. I'm going around in circles a little bit, but one thing I know is like I think Vauban is the fastest horse in the race. Um like I think he's the fastest horse in the race. I think Stateman's a better horse, but if they crawl around. Um, at these prices, I think Vauban's a bit interesting because he, he ran very well behind Stateman. And like you watch that back and he what happened there coming down to what would have been the last when he got the door shut on him. Like it's probably cost him two lengths. And I know he's beaten further than that and wasn't exactly putting them back, but he, he's fast. And I just I, I'm finding this race really interesting. I, I don't have a strong unit, clearly, but it's the it's the the tactical um, unknowns that, that that make this really interesting and I, I think it could be a right spectacle um, and I, w- I wouldn't like to put anyone off Honeysuckle but I don't think she's the mare she was and will that okay. be enough to hold off uh, a, a marching forward statement of Oban I don't know so I, I'll shut up talk can't wait to see it don't have a strong opinion <laughs> great so we went right all that way Sorry. yeah no bet race from Kev but he is right it's one of a handful of races at the Dublin Racing Festival that are just going to be brilliant viewing spectacles whether you have a bet or not uh, the 310 uh, sorry the 340 is the two miles Irish novices hurdle and this is where we get to see Fasal Vega back to where he's been imperious in the past he's the one to two favourite as things stand right now obviously Paul Town and Willie Mullins uh, high definition in their chase looking well in the betting chasing him home at seven to one for James AJ Slevin, Joseph O'Brien, Ilet Tomps uh, for Willie Mullins again. Danny Mullins is 10 to 1. And in the pocket, Henry the Bromhead is 10s as well as, as Irish Point for Gordon Elliott. So um, plenty in there at bigger sort of each way prices. But Fasal Vega absolutely dominating this market. I think it's only fair that we should start with Kev here to get the inside track on high definition since the market seems to think he's the most likely challenger to the very short price favourite. Um, she looked the cases there. Um, you know, nearly won a group one on the flat. Um, you know, you, you have to frame what he did in his hurdling debut in the context that he, he literally wouldn't have seen a hurdle in his life until, you know, six weeks before this, um, until he got the Josephs from Bally Doyle. So to, to be asked to go out and make the running um, on his first run over hurdles was a big ask. And while the general perception seems to be that he didn't put in a good round, like I think the underlying technique was actually fine. He was just out to his right, um, notably so at one. But uh, like I, I, I'd like to think that was a product of, of just being in front and just inexperience. Um, and I'm hoping that there'll be more pace in this race um, and it will just allow him to kind of relax a little bit more and, um, and hopefully show a straighter technique. So I think he, he showed a good appetite for it. Um, the time of the race, despite um, him, you know, losing ground and momentum going out to his right, was actually quite strong on the day. 
So look, all the promises there, but this is as um, as asset tests go. Um, this is this is a big one because he's taken on Fasal Vega, who's um, the best novice hurdler around. Very hard to throw a stone at. Um, like his jumping, his transition to jumping has been very good for me. I, I really like his technique. He, he knows where his feet are. He's clever. Um, and I think that he's building all the time and there'll be more to come here. Um, look, high definition, could I put him up at that price as an each way alternative? Probably not. I'm going to watch it, hope for the best and, and hope he comes forward. Um, I, I think okay. in the pocket is an interesting alternative. Um, I think he's coming in under the radar a little bit for a horse that's um, unbeaten. You know, I liked his performance at Nace last time, over two and a half. Um, I think he very much shaped as though coming back in trip would be fine. And they crawled around that day. Um, finishing speed was like 112%. Um, his jumping was very nimble, very good. He traveled like a dream, um, looked like he was going to absolutely dance in. And then to me, he looked like he was getting a bit lonely and uh, he was all out close home, one by a neck. Um, Form's got a couple of nudges since. Um, three card brag um, did his thing for it and I just think coming back in trip with a quiet sort of ride um, he, he'll outrun those odds and I'd like him okay. as a as a, as a you know the race doesn't have a super shape to it that way but um, I do like the horse Alright in the pocket tentative each way selection for the De Bromhead team at 10 to 1 from Kev Dan over to you Yeah I, mean, I heard two TC on on the pod previewing Saturday in between calling me O'Toole, he did mention that the the prospect of that's your that... own name, Dan. Plenty O'Toole. Well, no O'Toole. Um, <laughs> he he mentioned the prospect of him winning eight, Willie winning eight Grade Ones, and this would be the culmination of it, wouldn't it? And I guess if you could ask him which one would you like to be flying the flag in that position, it would be Fasal Vega. Not much take wrong. I'd, I'd take him on with. I do think Irish Point is still promising, and I liked how he shaped behind Marine National. He, he's definitely the biggest opponent over hurdles Fasal Vega has faced so far, but I'm expecting he'll get the right ride and he'll do what Vator did and, and, and the likes of those have done in en route to the Supreme. Yeah, fair. I like Irish Point as well, which is not in here against a horse like Fasal Vega. Uh, TC, what about you? How are you playing this race? Uh, probably won't be having a bet. It's not an each-way race. Obviously, seven runners, two uh, two places, and you know there's plenty you can put up against Fasal Vega, at least for second place anyway. Um, no, I, I'd like... I, this is Fasal Vega's Cheltenham in many respects, because if he, if he beats these then he's not going to have a lot to beat come March, is he? Because a lot of them won't fancy re-opposing if he does dismiss them with, you know, with, with contempt here. I like mm. Irish Point back at two miles. Um, yeah, I, I can see that, but no, I I can't see an angle into the race, to be perfectly honest. It's quite messy from a tactical point of view. We don't know what's going on with the pace, but no. Uh, Irish Point maybe without, but probably won't be having a bet. OK, let's head on up to Musselburgh. We've got three races to take that's on ITV on Sunday from Musselburgh, kicking off with the 122, which is the Triumph Hurdle, um, the listed race, the Scottish Triumph Hurdle, obviously, over the two miles there. And uh, as things stand right now, uh, Tony might be able to correct me, but I actually don't have any betting for this race. Um, 
Affordil is sent up there by the Paul Nichols team for Harry Cobden. You'd expect him to be up at the front of the market, given his profile and the likes of bring back memories for the John McConnell yard. Ryan Manny has booked for him over from Ireland. And there's shared in there as well as Churchill Ladd uh, shared in there for Harry Dirham and Paul O'Brien. So um, some interesting profiles coming into this. TC, we better start with you in case you've got any prizes that I don't have, but I am flicking around and I don't. No, um, no prices, but I mean, if I can get maybe five to two or bigger, bring back memories, that might interest me. You might even get bigger. It's very hard race to race to price up, but yeah, it really isn't it. He um he was a he was a really good winner by fifteen lengths last time. Improved for a three month break. Uh, he was an eighty six rated horse on the flat. The horse he beat last time was a last time up winner. Uh, there was a ninety rated flat horse beating a further twenty six lengths back in third. So. Bring back memories. It's got a lot going for it, but it's a kind of race that I don't like because there's too many unknowns, too many unexposed horses. And also, more crucially, we haven't got any prices. No, no prices is- equals no opinion. Fair, fair. What about you, Dan? How do you see the yeah, race playing? exactly the same. It's one of those races where if I saw some prices, something might jump out, but I wouldn't want to attempt to do a tissue myself. And the, it's, tr- it's complicated as well by the fact that basically all six of them Oh, five of the six, sorry, that did run on the flat were of a very similar level of ability. It's a, it's a it's a rock hard race, but TC mentioned bring back memories. At least he's done it here and whizzed around the track. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's then move on to the um, Scottish champion handicap chase, which is over the two miles, the one fifty five up at Musselburgh on Sunday. And again, uh, just working off a couple of firms who have prices, but Fidelio Valles for Harry Dearham and Paul O'Brien looks set to be near the top of the market. Friend or foe in there for Cobden, Nichols at fives. Fidelio Valles potentially around the four to one mark. Uh, Dreams of home in there, 11 to two. Pay the Piper for Danny McMenamum is in there, similar price, 11 to two, as is return ticket for Sean Quinlan. Uh, Dan, do you, is this a race you had to have a firmer view in? Yeah, I suppose it is really. I mean, I don't, the only horse you could say is well handicapped is the reappearing Fidelio Vallis, but he's missed 14 months and he was a fresh horse at the best of times. He could be quite eager and wanting to get on with it. Now he has won off layoffs in the past, but I, I think he's a better horse when he's up and running, really. And that, that layoff's another thing. I can half see him teeing it up for something. As I say, I don't think many of the opposition have much in hand of the handicapper. But pay the piper, I'm trying to tap into the other angle in this race, that I thought, is that the stable are showing definite green shoots of recovery after a quiet start to the season. It was a couple of weeks ago I looked, and at the same stage last season, they'd had, I think, 13 winners compared to just one this time around. So they definitely were having a quieter spell, but he ran a bit better last time. They ended a losing sequence only the other day, and they've had two horses placed in novice hurdles since. So I think Pilot Pay the Piper still only one win to his name over fences, but I think he's a better horse than that. And I think he can reverse earlier form where he was behind uh, Dreams of Home. Okay. TC? Um, could be a tactical race. At least five of the eight like to go forward. Um, I I can see the case for Harry Durham's horse dropped seven pounds for the absence got it off uh, got it off his uncle and he obviously is doing really well. Uh, I thought Gold De Bras a solid one here um, around about six to one in the market. I think you'll get six to one win only on the exchange because he hasn't got a sexier profile as some of them. He's just a two mile g- decent ground horse. We should mention it's good to soft good in places at Musselburgh and they've actually been watering as well. So 
Hopefully they stop that nonsense uh, on Friday night. Uh, but yeah, Gold Dubois comes in here on Send the back. Send some down to Newbury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very good, um, he ran a really good race at, um, at Doncaster last time. I think that's really strong handicap form in the context of this race. The first, the second, the fifth and the seventh all came into that race uh, on the back of wins. Three of them were going for a hat-trick in that race. For him to finish a close third there uh, was a really good performance. He's been up two pounds, but he's run. He's he's been competitive off high marks in the past. So yeah, I think Gold de Bras very solid. And if all, all the runners stand their ground, I think he's uh, a decent each way bet around about six to one um, in that race. Gold de Bras. Okay, and a quick rattle through the two twenty-five. This is the Scottish Supreme Novices hurdle over the two miles. Uh, Kirkaki Castle in there for Sandy Thompson. Ryan Mania is second best in the market at the moment, behind Toothless for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden. And Dan, surely you're tipping up Toothless here. Yeah, I've got to go back to Will Avon. I mean, I do really rate the top horse. I think he's a good prospect. Kirkaki Castle. He kicked a subsequent winner who wasn't penalised of Lucinda's out of the way, Trap Rainhill the other week. And Toothless is a sort of similar speedy type to that horse. But I just think around here, Toothless, the way he went through the Fatenham race, was pretty stunning. I think if he does the same again, Carcacci will have his work cut out too. Carcacci him. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That's a really poor attempt, even by your standards. Um, Come go on, TC, viewing this race before we do naps, please. Yeah, um, I thought Tooth, I was expecting Toothless to be short, but not quite as short as he is. I mean, he's been putting between five to six and eight to 11. I think he's got a little bit more depth than that. General Officer, very surprised that they opened up six to one about that. I know he's got an eight pound penalty, but dual course and distance winner. I mean, that, that second under a £10 penalty at Catterick last time when he was only beating the length with a, a good flat horse um, um, and a and the horse going for his hat-trick was beating miles in third. I think General Officer, given the course form, given the solid nature of his um, of his races, yeah, I think General Officer is, is, is probably big enough at sixes to have a little tickle. I haven't decided we're going to have a bet yet, but if I am, that's going to be the one, General Officer. Okay, great. We need to wrap up this show with naps. If anyone's wondering why I'm flying along here, it's because, as I said earlier, TC uh, needs to be on a plane very soon. So, TC, you're Likewise. Nap- Likewise. <laughs> DRF, drinking, rowing, fighting. Go on, TC. My cab driver's gesturing outside at me, and he's giving me a very, very sign that suggests I... Well, I won't say what he, what he translates Is he to. saying two uh, minutes? Is he saying two minutes? <laughs> no, no, he's saying... Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, go right, on, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one in in the Mayor's handicap hurdle and the one ten oh. down. I was going to mention it earlier, but we're rattling on. Bantown girl third in the race last year, off the same mark, back from two uh, two um, two uh, chase runs. But I think they've been keeping his handicap, uh, keeping her handicap hurdle mark back for this valuable prize, and bumped into two really well handicaps last season. If she does, if she runs to the same level today. And she travelled really well into the race. Uh, I think Bantown Girl will go very, very close in what is an obvious competitive race. So Bantown Girl in the first at Leopardstown on Sunday. Lovely, lovely job. Uh, I'm going to, straight to the Irish champion hurdle and going head and heart with Honeysuckle. I think this is oh, going to... Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Honeysuckle. Thank you very much. Dan, your nap, please. I really want to go off-piste as well and put one up in that attempt qualifier at Musselburgh, but I'll stick to... ITV races, and I'll go with Pay the Piper win only, please. Oh, you are good. Good friend of the show, aren't you? Kev Blake, nap. 
Well, like you, Vanessa, I'm going to go with one from our parish, one on our team, Rachel Blackmore, Bally Adam, the big handicap part of the Leopardstown, about 33 to one, swing it up, lads. Come on, Rachel, bring it home. <laughs> love it, love it. We're all backing team, team Betfair, team Rachel Blackmore. Um, look, guys, that wraps up proceedings. Thanks very much, as always, to your contributions. Listeners and viewers out there, thank you very much, as always. We love having you on board. Do not forget the Bet 10, Get 10 offer, but please do read the T's and C's. It's very important that you opt in from now on. Get stuck into that offer, though. But for now, gamble responsibly. Have a good weekend. Enjoy yourself. And we will be back with you on Monday with the latest episode of Wade In.